Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Friday, the 12th of October, and it's Meet My Friend Friday, one of my favorite days of the week here at the podcast. And today, I am honored to introduce to you Chloe Howard. She has an incredible story of hope and healing. So if you uh, if you have ever struggled through a crisis of self-identity, or if you know a child who is, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I wanted to tell you guys, thank you so much for those of you who were here for my women's conference this last weekend. It went great. It was just so wonderful to see so many of you coming with your Bibles and looking to the Lord for encouragement and uh, really just to see that help and hope that comes through knowing who Jesus is and knowing that he's not silent on the issues that we're struggling with, not the least of which has been playing out, uh, obviously, on the on the political spectrum. We've been talking about that for a couple of weeks. We have a lot to be thankful for, a lot to continue to pray about in this nation. But the bottom line is we have access to the healer. Uh, Jesus is the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha in God's word. And it was wonderful to study about what it looks like to experience the healing power of Jesus. And that's the thing I'm so excited about uh, for my next guest. Chloe Howard is on the podcast with me today. I heard about her recently and I've been sort of stalking her online. You guys are going to be so encouraged. Uh, Chloe was born with a severe foot deformity and she's had numerous operations and faced daunting challenges, but has always met each hurdle with emotional strength and grace. In 2014, she was a victim of assault and bullying at her high school. And as we've talked about so many times on the podcast before, uh, we're watching play out in the life of this young woman that uh, the, the book of Romans is true, that God does work all things together for good. Because six months later, uh, Chloe had the courage to begin telling her story. And uh, I'm excited to have her on the show. I think her her story demonstrates that even through brokenness and shame, we can venture toward hope and accept our unique selves and share in our human experiences. So Chloe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and for that beautiful introduction. Well, I'm glad that you're here. So uh, listen, I'm excited to introduce you to my audience. You've never been on the podcast before, and you are a freshman. So just to uh, put this in context, you're still very young. You're 18 years old, right? A freshman at Westmont uh, right now. And the Lord is using you in a powerful way. And I think sometimes I know there are a lot of teenagers that listen to this show right now. And uh, one of the things that's encouraging to me about your story is really you're taking something that the enemy could have used to sort of silence you and mute your voice to really use it as a, a magnifier. And I think that's that's awesome. Thank you. So tell everybody kind of the beginning of your story. I mean, I just I just uh, I just gave the punchline away, obviously, but you were born with a clubfoot. So for people who don't know what that is, can you explain to our listeners what that means? Yeah, so I was born with an incredibly severe club foot. So most club feet actually, club feet aren't that uncommon. About one in every 1,000 children are born with club feet, but mine was incredibly severe. So uh, instead of being able to be treated with the Ponsetti method, which is how most uh, children with club feet are treated with a series of casting and braces, a process that's usually complete by the time they are three or four years old, uh, I had to have five major surgeries to correct my club foot. Uh, My first operation was at six months old because at my birth, my left foot was upside down and backwards. Um, And I also only have three toenails total. Uh, And so growing up, I was very aware that I was different. Uh, But my parents loved Jesus and uh, 
kind of grew me in that love. So I grew up believing the veggie tales truths, if you will, that God <laughs> made me special and he loved me very much. And that truth got me through a lot of the really hard and very physical, uh, painful memories that I have um, in my childhood. So it sounds to me like you had some uh, really awesome parents who really pointed you back to where your view of yourself should come from. And that's from your creator who said that he made you in his image and he left. I love VeggieTales. We're huge fans over here. And I love that you said that. And sometimes I'll say that to the moms, like they just need to hear you. Listen, I know you feel like you're, you're having a hard time right now, but God made you special and he loves you very much. I think sometimes if we just know how loved we are, it changes the way we see ourselves, but it also changes the way we, in, we interact with the world around us. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. So you wrote a book. Your book just came out. For such a young woman, you've done such an amazing, uh, God's using you in powerful ways. You wrote a book called Stand Beautiful. So I will link back to that in the show notes today for those of you who are interested in uh, Chloe's book. But you wrote a book, this book you wrote on purpose, really with a purpose. And you talk a lot about uh, overcoming being bullied. And you have a message to students who are facing situations of bullying. What is your primary message to them? Yeah, so uh, like you said, I did write my book uh, kind of as a story of resilience. Uh, like you mentioned earlier in your introduction, I was victim of assault my freshman year at a Christian high school uh, campus, and the assault was because of my disability. Uh, so it was a really hard place, but over a crazy series of events, uh, meeting the lead singer of the band U2 and being challenged to give a TED Talk at age 16 uh, and later traveling around the world with this message of stand beautiful. Uh, I wrote this book mainly to convey the message that we as humans, as children of God are all beautiful. Uh, we are all imperfectly perfect and we are all incredibly broken, but Jesus loves us and sees us in that brokenness. And therefore there's always beauty to be found uh, mm -hmm. through whatever brokenness we are suffering from. Another message that has come out of uh, the Sam Beautiful book was, um, that only you have the power to determine what your labels are. Uh, I travel around the world and speak to uh, students and to parents um, at conferences. And I've found that everyone needs to hear this message that whether they have been bullied or are a bully or are going through something that they aren't defined uh, by that label, that God looks down and sees us all as beautiful. And that's our label, not whatever society is trying to throw at us. Mm. So those are the main messages that the book uh, kind of conveys. Oh, I always find it so interesting uh, to see how, you know, different stories of bullying. And we've had a guest on the show over the years who have gone through similar situations. But yours was unique in that it happened at a Christian school. And yeah. if you can, for just a minute, kind of uh, frame that so people know what you're talking about. When you say assault, what are you talking about? Yeah, so on November 20th of 2014, uh, I was a couple months into my freshman year in high school. I was 14 years old and attending a pretty well-known, um, prestigious uh, Christian school uh, in my area. And I was really excited to be there. But um, on this day, November 20th, I was called over by a group of people at my school that I knew. Um, and I was restrained. Uh, there were two perpetrators one wrapped their arms around me, held my arms to my sides and lifted me up, um, while another without my consent ripped off my shoe and sock mm -hmm. and exposed my deformed foot uh, to the group of their friends. Um, and I remember standing there uh, in the lunch quad that day in November um, and watching my little twisted foot covered in scars uh, 
be held in this other person's hands. Um, and seeing those scars and those naked toes um, and the permanent discoloration of my foot and seeing all of that for the first time as something that was ugly, as something that was negative, um, which was so different than what and how I always saw this foot, which had always been this beautiful thing that God created with purpose. Uh, that was not an accident, but I moved forward from that day really feeling ashamed of my foot. Um, and it really caused me to lose uh, kind of conscious track of what my identity was and where my identity was found. Um, I was lost and angry and confused and really drifted through life, not knowing why I was there. I became incredibly depressed. Mm. And you had a choice to make at that point. And your parents, I'm sure they were speaking into your life, right, about this. And and uh, what would you say are some of the things that your parents did that really helped you uh, gain your perspective again? Yeah, my parents were incredible uh, during this whole process. They really gave me the time I needed to heal. Um, I am someone that takes a long time to process things. And so for my parents, the emotions of anger, um, righteous anger, were very much uh, more tangible than uh, they were for me um, early on. Uh, They really had a grasp on those emotions while I was still processing where I was emotionally. Um, And so they gave me the time I needed to get to that place, uh, to process all the confusion that was going on uh, because I was in a state of numbness for a long time. So Mm -hmm. they gave me the time I needed, which was really helpful. Um, We are also a family that talks about everything, um, which has its moments. Um, (laughs) During during this time, it was incredibly helpful. I think it's so incredibly important uh, for parents to be in communication with their children. Uh, The daily check-in is when you'll really get to see where your child is starting to isolate themselves from you or from their friends, um, which is something that I definitely started doing in my uh, phase uh, of depression. Um, And my parents were very attuned to that. Um, and were able to meet me where I needed. So if you have a child, for the parents who are listening to this right now, and they've got a child for whatever reason, maybe it's not a physical deformity, maybe their child struggles in school, and so they've dealt with bullies. What is some? What are some uh, some encouragement, I guess, that you could give to parents who know that they have a child that's struggling? I met a mom not too long ago, and she had her her child struggle was at Sunday school. So the mom would drop her off in the Sunday school class and go to her, you know, go to her class or whatever. And what was happening yeah. in that class is that child was being taunted uh, for just, you know, I think because she was younger in the class. And so the kids felt like, you know, that was an okay thing to do. What do you tell parents who are struggling with this and they don't know how to be an advocate for their child? Yeah, I would start off with that. You know, you're not doing anything wrong. Uh, it's so easy um, from what I've heard. I, I don't have personal experience being a parent, but um what I've heard is that it's so easy to feel guilty uh, for what your children go through. And so just know that you are a good parent um, and that you know your children and you are loving on your children. Um, and as long as you're continuing to communicate that love, it will be received. Um, you as a parent are doing nothing wrong. And there are things in life that happen that um, we can take precautionary measures, try and our best to prepare our children or ourselves for the crazy things in life that will happen. But there are so many things that either we um, will go through as children or you will go through uh, as adults that we can't control. Um, and sitting in that peace um, is what will provide comfort uh, because Jesus is the only person that knows 
uh, the future. Um, I would also say again that communication is so important. Uh, making it a safe space to talk with your children about what they're going through. Uh, it's so dangerous, I believe, when children feel like they have to keep the things that happen at school or Sunday school or whatever the situation is um, there because pain thrives in silence. Um, but when we talk about it and are able to discuss it uh, in the family setting, then um, that is when deliverance will occur. And that's so true. Pain thrives in silence. And, and also, you know, the things that we struggle with sin, like it likes a dark spot because that's where it grows the best, right? It's just in that yeah. dark spot. And if you don't want something to grow, you shine a light on it. It sounds like that's mm-hmm. a lot of what uh, your parents did for you. I think that's amazing. It's good for parents who are listening to this to be able to say, hey, this is a way that you can uh, interact in a positive way with your child if they're struggling with something like this. When you talk to other people who are living with physical limitations and they, they are, they're starting to see themselves defined by what that is, what is some advice that you, uh, that you offer? Yeah. Um, I have heard a lot of people say that, you know, they are the person with this uh, disability or like that is what defines them. Um, And I think it's so easy to be caught in that lie that we as people only have one story um, and that that's the one that we have to live out. But the truth is, is that Jesus rewrites our stories every single day. Um, And again, going back to the labels message, only you have the power to determine what your labels are that society tries and throws these labels at us. um, And sometimes they're really ugly labels. Uh, But Jesus looks down and is like, oh, no, Um, I see you and you are beautiful and you are not a mistake. Um, I intended you to look and act and uh, breathe and laugh the way that you do. Um, You're perfect just the way you are because I made you with purpose. And so I've found that there's this whole community of people that feel like this. I grew up for the longest time believing that I was one, that I um, was the only one suffering uh, and feeling the things I felt. There was no clubfoot community when I was growing up. Um, But the last couple of years kind of being overwhelmed with the sense of community that there are so many people in this nation, in my state, even in the world, uh, that are feeling the same thoughts that I grew up feeling, uh, feelings of confusion, of why me, of, well, I guess this is my reality, so I have to accept it. Uh, surgery is always imminent. All these thoughts, like, you are not alone in what you're going through. Um, and I know it may be cliche, but Jesus hears everything that's going on in your head, and he hears all of your prayers. Um, and there is a future. And I, Chloe Howard, don't know what the future is, but I trust in a God who does. Mm. It's powerful. And you've had, you know, all these, how many surgeries have you had now? Uh, I have had five major surgeries, uh, nine procedures total. Wow, that's amazing. And how did you adopt, adapt to sort of living uh, life after this? Because I would imagine you'd start feeling good again, and then you're right back to, you know, kind of set you back. And then uh, you've got you've to figure out how to move on with your life. How did you adapt to living with first with the club foot and then with all of these surgeries and still keep your joy? Because you sound to me like a woman who has a lot of joy in her heart. <laughs> That's definitely a, a woman who I try to be. Um, I think joy is something that when best exemplified is unconditional. Um, that's joy in definition. Um, I think we as a society really dwell on the discrepancy between happiness and joy. And happiness, um, while incredible, 
uh, is definitely circumstantial. And growing up with this club foot, um, happiness was really easy to come by because there would be highs and then there would be lows. Uh, but the thing about joy is living in the truth that Jesus doesn't make mistakes, that he has me, that I don't need to worry about the future because he has me in this moment and therefore will have me in all the moments to come. Um, growing up was hard. Uh, I was surrounded by an incredible family who loved me and saw me and heard me. Uh, but that didn't change the fact that it was hard. Um, I started walking later than most children. I had to relearn how to walk four different times once after each major surgery growing up. Um, I had to spend time in a wheelchair. I was the kid that showed up to kindergarten and fourth grade um, in casts. Uh, I was the one that <laughs> tripped on her crutches, um, slipped when it rains because crutches are pretty inconvenient. Yes, they um, are. <laughs> I went on daddy-daughter dates to go visit my surgeon. Uh, I was that kid. Um, but I always kind of accepted the fact that that was my reality. Uh, and I think that that's a mindset that God really blessed me with um, because I think it's so easy to be like, God, I don't understand why you would allow me to live like this um, and kind of sit in that lie, sit in that pain. Um, but I do believe that God has a plan for each of us. Um, he gave me the foot he gave me for a reason. And there have been so many moments when that truth has been hard to believe, especially after the assault when it felt like the foot was um, the thing that caused the assault and kind of brought me to this really negative place that I was in. Um, but I would say that joy, true joy, is not circumstantial. Um, we can choose joy every day. Hmm. It's so good. Now I want to I want to move on because I I'd actually love to camp out on the joy thing with you because it's been one of the themes in of my <laughs> life too. Because the truth is, joy is not a product of your circumstances. It's the unmistakable sign of the presence of God, and He's the one yeah. who fills us with, with joy. Is a fruit of the spirit. Happiness is dependent on our circumstances, but joy comes from the Lord. And I love hearing that joy uh, in your life. Now I'm reading. I read about you that you've done a couple of TED talks, uh, TEDx talks, right? <laughs> Yes, I have. I gave one at age 16 in 2016, and then I actually gave one about a month ago. Here so, in uh, Chloe, how do you get invited to do that? Just give everybody the hookup. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, funny story. Um, I am an introvert, and I am shy. And at age 16 or 15 and a half, I guess, when I applied to give this TED Talk, I had never spoken publicly before, ever. Well, that's one um, way to do it. Just jump right into the TED Talk business. <laughs> yeah. So I happened to meet Bono uh, in June of 2015 from this crazy, weird series of events. Uh, my dad happened to win a contest and we're a family that never wins anything. So it was just hilarious and weird and totally a God thing. Uh, <laughs> but I met him and I told him my story and he was like, Chloe, what happened to you is an injustice. And every time you speak out and tell your story, you speak in support of those who cannot speak for themselves. And so I was like, oh, okay, Bono. Um, and so I was challenged to a year later apply to give this talk. Um, and for some crazy reason, I was accepted not only as the only youth speaker at this event with 20 adult professional speakers, but I was also selected as a keynote speaker. Holy moly. Um, I know. I was so honored um, and literally terrified. And I talk about it in my book, Stand Beautiful, about all my fears. I list them um, on one of the pages, just all the things that could have gone wrong. Um, but I stepped on that stage, not knowing what would happen and walked off uh, 
that stage barefoot, mm-hmm. um, just feeling overwhelmed with the sense of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, God did something that day and showed me that my voice is powerful and that the future is a thousand percent unknown and that he a thousand percent has me. Um, That's amazing. It was really the start of this theme of stepping into what saying yes means. Uh, my family has always talked a lot about Moses and about Esther, um, how God uses people that don't make sense to do the crazy things that he wants ha- to happen. Um, it doesn't make sense that God gave me the story he gave me or the message he did because of anyone, it does not make sense that I would be the one on stage traveling around the world talking about self-acceptance and love and hope. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a victim and I was content in that label. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God wasn't. And he took my label and turned it into one of resilience and told me that I was beautiful in my brokenness and gave me the courage to step into that. Um, and I believe that he gives us all the courage to do that as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I love that you that your message really is a positive one for young people who desperately need to hear that right now. We're living in such an age of confusion in the culture, and your voice is very clear about who God made you to be and what he wants you to do with the with the voice that he's given you. You also have a children's book with this, right? There's a, I, do. That is, yes. I think that might be my favorite part. I'm kind of a, a junkie for children's books. It looks like a, a storybook, <laughs> which has just been beautifully illustrated. Um, and in mm-hmm. that, you know, wonderful book for really any child who's struggling with any, uh, anything about themselves. It doesn't have to be even a physical deformation. I think sometimes we, you know, we struggle with emotions that we can't, you know, we don't understand where they come from. And really this would, this would speak to that child. Look, you know, that God loves you really. And just the way you are. And I love that you did that. Thank you. So I'm really excited about the children's picture book. I mean, I'm I'm really excited about both. Uh, While the teen kind of memoir, Stand Beautiful is about my personal story, growing up with the clubfoot, um, the assault and moving forward and starting my movement and how we are all the movement. Um, that's that book. And then the children's picture book is more the idea behind the movement about self-acceptance and love and what it means to acknowledge, uh, the differences, both physical and, um, kind of hidden inside of us, um, those differences in everyone. Uh, I am really passionate about this, uh, mission to foster a generation of youth that not only think that differences should be accepted, but that they should be celebrated. Um, this future generation is the one that's going to change the world. Mm, I love your passion and your boldness. I love that you're taking something that uh, the enemy could have used for evil and turning around and doing something good with it. Chloe, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. It's been a joy to have you. Of course. Thank you so very much for having me. For those of you who want more information about Chloe Howard and the Stand Beautiful movement, I will link back to all things Chloe Howard in the show notes today. If you have any questions that you would like to see addressed, as always here, we will do that on Mailbox Monday. You can reach out to Chloe. I will link back to her contact information as well at the show notes. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you've been encouraged as I have been, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.